Hello friend, I am Maria, and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, higher realms, the mysteries of the universe, and source consciousness. I use hypnosis to get into a deep theta state where I am able to connect to and embody my higher self. This particular episode is from a series we call Conversations with a Collective. In this series, I'm accessing the depth and the breadth of the collective human consciousness on planet Earth. What unfolds is a monologue that is dictated by the questions and comments that I receive back from the collective. Enjoy! My dear friend, I believe you are an alchemist, someone capable of creating through a seemingly magical process. You are a bridge between the energy state of things and manifested reality. You are a being of power. All you need is the right level of guidance. My new book titled 72 Keys to Manifestation is here to help. To find out more or to get your copy, visit thisismaria.com. It is T-H-I-S-I-S-M-A-R-I-Y-A.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Conversations with the Collective. I am glad to see, uh, to see, quote unquote, all of you alive and well. Um, and yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm not actually joking. Um, you know, from my perspective, I'm I am actually able to see you guys, which is which is kind of cute. Um, so that was um, I wasn't kidding. That being said, um. I am excited to be here today. We have a very fun topic to discuss. Um, I felt really cold. I felt really compelled to get into the topic today. And the topic is spirit guides and communicating with the spirit world. Um, Interesting topic. Uh, I definitely see a lot of curiosity around the collective, especially with, you know, the people who are more in tune, more in touch uh, with their spirituality um, there's a lot of interest in this topic. Um, there has been a resurgence of interest in this topic over the past 10, 15 years. And, you know, looking into the future, that trend is only going to continue. Um, I did a quick scan of the collective prior. I guess, duh, why wouldn't I? Um, only about 2% of humanity today um, is communicating with some type of spirit guide. And when I say communicating, take that loosely because it doesn't mean that they are you know, A, it doesn't mean that it is an active day in and day out communication. It doesn't even mean that it is conscious to a large degree. Um, it doesn't mean that it is intentional. Uh, it doesn't mean that um, it is effective either. Um, but, you know, what is possible for humanity is for the good majority um, of humanity to be guided um, by spirit. Um, and so today I wanted to dive deep, you know, I want to be, uh, uh, kind of like, um, I, I, I want us essentially, uh, to start getting out of that predicament. Um, you know, I want to shift the scales a little bit. Um, I feel humanity deserves to be guided. I feel humanity needs to be guided. Um, but even more so, um, each of you, right, um, at birth has been assigned, um, a number of spirit guides. Now, whether you, you are in touch with them, whether you are in tune with their communication, they are actively trying to help you in whichever means they can, right? 
Um, at any point in time, because they are assigned to you, these spirits, these guides, they are kind of like a, a becking call. And they are here to, you know, answer questions. Um, they have a white array, shall I say, of functions, capabilities that are being underutilized by humanity today. And I think that we can start shifting that. It's it's time. It's time, you guys. I think you guys are ready. Okay, couple of things, or not a couple of things. I mean, essentially, it's a very deep topic. Um, I can talk about spirit guides till the cows come home because there are a lot of different types of spirit guides. Each type of spirit guide essentially has their own peculiarities, features, if you will, likes, dislikes, things that they're able to help you with, specificities, etc. Um, each type of spirit guide um, tends to be uh, more helpful with certain things than others. Um, however, regardless, right, um, all of you have some, right? So maybe maybe let's go from very general to some more specific things. Um, generally speaking, um, your spirit guides have a wide capability, um, and a wide range of capabilities. Um, a, they're here to guide you. They're here to ensure that you are having the best possible human experience you could have. By that, I don't mean that, you know, there are no challenges, right? But they want to make sure that you're hitting on your mission, that you are doing what you're meant to do, that essentially uh, towards the end of your incarnation, you're going to be happy um, that you showed up and happy with the results. Um, in order to assist you, there, there are various things that they could do. Um, they can do things that are a little bit more in the energetic level. For instance, they can provide you healing when you sleep. They can completely reset the cellular structure, the matrix structure of your body, including the physical body. However, they tend to work in the subtle realms quite a lot. So they can reset the structure as well as the state of your energy body, your mental body, your emotional body, even your spirit body, if you need help in that department. They are able to... Um, send you messages, uh, whether that is in the physical world, through dreamscape, through meditation, etc., etc. They have the capability to answer questions for you, any questions that you have and provide any type of guidance uh, from the standpoint of serving you with a higher and greater good in mind, from the standpoint of complete love and, um, you know, loving guidance, right? Um, they are, depending on the type of guide, depending on the type of guide, uh, they may be able to share their resources or skills or talents with you. Um, in terms of resources, if it's an um, uh, not to spoil, you know, the next section that we're going to go into, uh, what I wanted to talk to you um, later today is the types of spirit guides that exist. But hey, you're going to get some spoilers. It's fine. Um, if you have ancestral spirit guides, what they can share with you is energy. Energy that is tied to the physical energy that is tied to Gaia, to this planet. Uh, because each uh, member of your ancestry line holds the key, so to say, to the large well of ancestral energies. And they essentially have, most of them, not all, but as a general rule, they have the ability to distribute that energy as they see fit. And so if they're guarding or guiding you, you know, and they're, they're seeing you struggle in the physical plane, if they're guiding you, if you're open to that guidance they would be able to come through and impart some of that energy onto you. Um, some spirit guides um, are able to 
make sure they, um, so they're able essentially to assist you with things in the physical, depending on their skill set, And that could be really anything. It could be ensuring that you meet a certain person that you're meant to meet, ensuring that there is an opportunity, um, or like a particular opportunity knocks on your door, uh, ensuring that you meet that opportunity. Um, your spirit guides can assist you with changing your state. For instance, they can help you get out of the state of fear into the state of, say, acceptance or abundance or what have you. So they can um, assist you both with your mental state, by the way, and your emotional state, right? So that's really, really important. Some guides, again, depending on their proficiency level, depending on their talent level, uh, can impart certain um, talents that they have um, in, in abundance onto you. For instance, certain guides have great communication skills. Uh, certain guides have a lot of courage. Certain guides are really good with what you could call like public relations, so like making sure that you know somebody gets famous, for instance, if that is going to serve the individual. Um, some guides are really good at making money or like building businesses. I know it sounds like, oh my God, how can a spirit guide be good at building businesses? Truth of the matter is spirit guides don't stay in the spirit realm all the time, you guys. They have incarnations. They have experiences. They've been around. Chances are they've been around the block more times than you have. So yeah, they have all kinds of skills, including building businesses, including making money, <laughs> including becoming famous, right? Now, if, you, if it's going to serve you and they have that particular talent, they may choose to impart uh, certain frequencies, certain vibrations, certain en energy, certain codes onto you. So you're able to move through your incarnation in that direction quicker, faster, uh, with more success, right? That is another um, aspect of benefit of connecting to your spirit guides. Now, one thing to keep in mind is spirit guides, like any consciousness, like any consciousness, pretty much any consciousness, <laughs> I need to, um, need to make a disclaimer, uh, they are biased in the best possible way, right? Um, in the same way that every human being has a bias, that is just the law of the universe, you know, the byproduct of us being um, different parts, different particles, different specks of dust of this greater consciousness that we call source, you know, each of the specks of dust that we can think of as a consciousness, you know, has its own vantage point, has its own perspective, has its own bias, has its own experience, has its own a set of a level of vibration. As such, each of your spirit guides is going to have an opinion, right? So one thing that is important to know about spirit guides is they are not the ultimate truth. They are not the final frontier. They're not the panacea. They are not the letter of law, so to say. And they are also for the most part, not source. And what I mean by that is beings, certain beings are guided by essentially either the female or the male face of source as well. So either the great divine mother or the great divine father. In those instances, this is about as impartial and as all-encompassing of a bias as you can get. For all other beings, which is essentially 99.99% .99 of humanity, um... That is not the case, which means that, yes, you should listen to your spirit guides. However, take their messages with a grain of salt just because they have bias. Now, having bias is completely normal. Um, your spirit guides are fully aware of the game that you have signed up to play. So it's almost like they have a script 
or the playbook right in front of their eyes anytime they're communicating to you. Essentially, they know it by heart, right? So at any point in time, they know whether the decision that you're making today, the person that you're meeting today, et cetera, et cetera, whether that's serving you and leading you towards your desired outcome or leading you away um, from that desired outcome. That is how they tend to uh, guide you. Um, let's talk about maybe some averages or, you know, just some statistics, you know, I don't know if you guys are curious, I'm going to let you know anyway. Um, cause I just, I, I, I like that. Um, an average human on planet earth today has between three and four spirit guides. That is on average. Um, there is a chunk of humanity, um, that has about 12, you know, like, um, if I kind of like look at what are, what is like the common number of guides, most people have between three and four, there is a group of people, you know, 9% and change of humanity that have 12 guides. And then there is about 1% of, uh, humanity that has over 20 guides. And when I say over 20 guides, essentially it goes up to thousands you know, yes, there are beings that have a lot of guides for many reasons. Uh, some beings just need a lot of guidance. So they have a lot of guides. Some beings are going through incarnations that are, that are fascinating to watch from the perspective of spirit, right? They may not seem fascinating from the perspective of the actual human going through that experience because they actually may be in a world of pain or in a world of struggle or in a world of challenge or God knows what else. However, from the perspective of spirit, it's quite a fascinating human to be watching. As such, they volunteer to lead that person, to guide that person. Guiding, though, is, is also kind of like, it's, it's kind of like following in, in some way, right? Because it's the same side of the, uh, two sides of the same coin. So from the perspective of spirit, a spirit guide, right? When they get assigned to a human or when they volunteer to want to be assigned to a human and they get accepted into the program, so to say, they get full access to 100% of the biological, psychological, energetic, emotional, mental information on that human, essentially 24-7. Uh, so it's almost like there is a cord starts uh, connecting that guide to that human. So whether they would like it or not, they are experiencing the same energies, the same states as the being that they're guiding is experiencing at any point in time. Now, they're not experiencing that to the same degree, and they don't perceive that in, uh, from the standpoint of being fully immersed in it in the same way that an incarnated human would. But essentially, they get to go through vicariously to go through the same experience to a much, much, much lesser degree. So kind of like get like 1% uh, experience um, whenever like the person that's fully incarnated is like about 100%. The reason I'm telling you all this is from perspective of spirit, going through all these experiences could be fascinating, especially if you don't have to be fully immersed. And like if you're not feeling 100% of the pain, but only like 1% of the pain. Or if you're not feeling 100% of the struggle, but only 1% of the struggle, they find that quite fascinating. And so they can also kind of like tune in and out. And the only essentially uh, agreement, um, so there, how do I, how do I describe it? Uh, it's a sacred contract between a sacred guide and a human. The only thing that you truly commit to, as in like a must, there's like a must and then there's a nice to have. Uh, the only must is if a human is actively reaching out for help. And, you, uh, you know, like such as prayer, meditation, um, or like literally like 
asking the universe, God, whoever for help. And as a spirit guide, you are in a position to assist. That is the only situation where your help is triggered automatically. As in, when the call for help goes out, you as a spirit guide, you can't say no. You're going to be like, okay, I'm going to show up. No, no problem. Everything else is voluntary because this is, again, it's a volunteering type of job. Um, for most for most beings, um, it is a volunteer type of job. Nobody can be forced, uh, with very few exceptions, um, into being a spirit guide. Uh, because it's a voluntary type of situation, uh, certain guides uh, choose to be more involved. Other guys cho guides choose to be less involved. And that is just the name of the game. That being said, what is a nice to have also for any type of spirit guide is to stay as involved as, you know, they can in the life of, of the human. So whatever their capacity is upstairs, you know, depending on other priorities, what else they have going on, how many other people essentially they're curating on what planets, et cetera, et cetera, what levels those people are, you know, they kind of like distribute their energy accordingly, right? Now, for very interesting incarnations and for very interesting people, a heck lot of spirit guides stay tuned in all the time. Like they're just like watching it like a movie. They're like, oh, my human woke up. So cute. Took a shower. So cute. Had this like funny thought in their head. So cute. You know, they're kind of like watching it like a movie. Now they're, and, and by the way, there's all types of streams at the same time, right? So like they're monitoring, like literally your thoughts, your feelings, um, your intentions, um, you know, your, you know, day-to-day -day activities, et cetera, et cetera, your goals, like literally they, they have all kinds of um, information that's coming through in real time. Um, now, on average, again, on earth, three to four is considered normal. Actually, three, three is considered normal. The fourth one is like a bonus uh, for the ones that have it. There are many types of spirit guides uh, on planet earth. Uh, there are only so many groups, so I'm happy to tell you about the main groups if that is of interest. Um, and um, I think towards and after after that, we can talk about connecting to spirit guides, right? Um, we can talk about, you know, what are some of the challenges that I'm seeing with humanity around uh, the inability potentially uh, to connect to the spirit guides or the inability to maintain that connection, the inability to connect properly and get the guidance that you guys deserve. Uh, we can talk about how to remedy that. Um, and then, you know, we can also talk about, um, you know, what is a good, healthy relationship with a spirit guide look like? You know, what can you get out of it? Uh, we kind of already went into, but we can go into some, some more examples, maybe, or some more detail. Uh, but let's get started with um, the types of spirit guides. There are a few. Um, probably the uh, one of the more common uh, spirit guides on on this planet is um, an ancestral spirit guide. So one of your ancestors uh, that chose to support you, volunteer to support you through this incarnation. It may be a remo far, far removed uh, relative that you've never met. Could be somebody that actually you know, like it could be even somebody that is currently incarnated, but their spirit is also guiding you. It could be the found one, you know, one of the members of the founding couple of your lineage. That probably means that if they're watching over you, that probably means that you have uh, some significant role to play in the lineage or some type of job to do uh, within the lineage. So ancestral spirit guides are actually uh, really, really common. Um, ancestral spirit guides are really good if, uh, if you find that you have an ancestral spirit guide. They're really good for um, healing. 
Um, although they are, you know, they're using the energy of Gaia. They're not necessarily using high vibrational uh, universal energies, which is fine. Like, what do you care if it works, right? Um, for healing. So they can help heal your physical body. They can help heal your energy body. So physical and energy are, are the two bodies that your um, ancestors, your ancestral guides are going to be best uh, equipped to help you with. Um, energy body as well as your energy levels. So if you have chronic fatigue, or actually chronic disease, you know, your ancestors are really, really good. Um, they're also really good at helping you tap into the power of your ancestry line. Uh, whether you realize it or not, every ancestry line um, has its perks. Every ancestry line has its strength. Every ancestry line has its talents, right? So by working by the virtue of you establishing a true relationship with this guide, you can A, learn more about your lineage, B, understand the role that you play in the lineage, C, understand the benefits that your lineage has, and understand how to tap into that essentially rich lore, rich legacy that you are a part of, right? So that is the benefit of working with the spirit guides that are your ancestors. Another type of spirit guide is an animal guide. Um, it is a collective group of guides. Um, they can be your spirit animal, your totem animal. They could be uh, essentially just any other animal that is not necessarily either a totem or a spirit. If you don't know what spirit or totem animal animals are, we made an episode about that. Uh, so just refer to one of our previous episodes. It was a while back. I don't remember the number. Um, in terms of, so that's spirit guides uh, that are animals. Um, now, they come in an animal shape, right? Just because it's an animal doesn't mean it's somehow inferior to any other guide. Um, some of the wisest spirit guides are, they come in animal form. What are some examples? A lot of spirit guides are dragons. A lot of spirit guides are snakes. Um, a lot of spirit guides, I mean, and, and then you basically have a lot of big cats. You have bears, you have wolves, you have a lot of birds of prey. You have a lot of other birds, you have some insects. I mean, the, the world's your oyster, like it could be literally anything. It could be a mythical animal. Like it could literally be a unicorn. Um, it could uh, be uh, a sphinx. Uh, it could be um, um, a phoenix bird. Like, you know, whatever you guys would consider to be a mythical animal. Um, you know, uh, Pegasus, for instance. Uh, it could be any of those. Depending on which animal you have, right, they would have different properties. They would have different benefits. Right. If if we're talking, um, I don't know, wolf. Right. You would probably be, you know, they, they have certain qualities. Right. Like it's, um, you know, if it's an alpha. Right. Like it's leadership. Um, they're very communal oriented, very like loyal uh, to the pack. Right. So it's like that communal consciousness as well with the wolves. Um, they're fierce. You know, they're, there's courage. Right. So depending on, uh, you know, what animal is guiding you, is leading you. Um, you would be able to tap into their particular strength, but also beyond that, into the spirit of nature itself. You don't tend to get a spirit guide that is an animal unless you are on some level tapped into the energies of Gaia, the energies of this planet, and the energies of nature. When one aspect of nature is guiding you, that means that the rest of aspects of nature are going to be guiding you also. So if you have a spirit animal, uh, sorry, uh, a spirit guide that is an animal, that means that you in general are inter 
woven into the matrix of nature more so than maybe other people, which means that your greatest sources of power lie within nature which means that you should really be in nature as much as is humanely possible, which means that you should work with other aspects of nature, such as crystals, such as herbs, right? Such as flowers. We actually made an episode on flower magic. Please refer to it um, not too too far back in the summer. Um, you should work with natural features. We made an episode about that also. So mountains, lakes, rivers, oceans, right? Uh, you name it. Uh, it is just a sign for you to dive deeper because some of your greatest insights as an incarnated human, some of your best guidance, some of your best alignments, some of your best healing is going to be connected to nature. So just learn to read the signs. Next type of spirit guide is an elemental. An elemental is another type of what you guys would think of as a mythical creature. This is your fairies. These are your elves, your gnomes, um, you know, your... Um, essentially, um, you know, it would be spirits of trees, you know, right here up in the alley. Um, anything that you would, again, would consider to be mythical. Uh, but the ones that I just named are kind of like very, very common. It could be giants. Uh, giants is another common one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, um, dr- I already talked about dragons. Sometimes dragons could also be thought of as elementals, uh, but I, I don't like classifying them as such. Uh, and uh, elementals are essentially um, beings that are connected to one of the four elements. So you have your earth elementals, you have your air elementals, you have your fire elementals, you have your water elementals. So your mermaids, you know, your undines, um, uh Sometimes it can be uh, like the water monsters, uh, you know, uh, they're all going to be part of the elemental type of crew. Why would you ever attract an elemental as a spirit guide? Many reasons. Um, one reason is because you incarnated as an elemental, uh, maybe more than once, as one of these elementals that is supporting you. Um, and they're is a big chunk of your own personal energy, the energy of your higher self that is still connected to that kingdom uh, or to that, um, you know, essentially elemental crew, elemental group, right? It could be because you have made a sacred contract with one of the elemental groups. Now they still exist, enough of them, not all of them, still exist on planet Earth in more subtle terrains, right? So they're like, you know, essentially may not exist in the, uh, you know, or be visible to the naked physical, you know, physical eye, but it doesn't mean they do not exist. There is also a guardian. There is inner earth. There are like many places this this elementals exist in many ways and modes that uh, they do so. So it is possible that your soul may have a sacred contract with one of these elementals. And um, if you do, or even if you don't, uh, but sometimes they choose to guide you, right? Uh, what's what are what are the perks, right? Now you should definitely pay attention to the element of the elemental that is guiding you, right? Is it fire? Is it earth? Um, you know, so, oh, you know, is it water, etc. So depending on which um, element that belongs to, uh, essentially what, the, what this means is like your magic within that element is strong. Now, I know you guys don't believe in magic, but it's real to some degree. Um, it, so essentially, if, if, if you, if one of your spirit guides is a mermaid, right? That means that you have a strong connection with the element of water, 
right? Uh, that probably means that you should re-listen uh, all the episodes that we did on water. There's probably at least a couple that we did um, on the different elements. And understand what that means about your personality, about your gifts, about your special talents, and, and, and how to leverage them. Uh, that probably means that you can also interact with that element in all its facets, whether that's drinking water, water in a bathtub, uh, ocean, river, uh, pond, uh, waterfall, you name it, and try to connect to that element and uh, allow it to essentially guide you, cleanse you, heal you, etc., and do everything else that that element can for you. So in, in other words, you already are connected to the element, so pay attention. A lot of ele elementals are... Um, Again, depending on the elemental, so they're not all created equal, but they are, they provide an inherent connection to nature. They provide an inherent connection to Gaia. They are really, really good at healing. Uh, they're really good at talisman magic. What is that? A talisman is an object. It doesn't have to be physical. It can be etheric as in energetic. Uh, the object that exists in your head. <laughs> you know, for the lack of a better explanation, um, that they can give you, impart a new, uh, but it, it, it's going to work as, uh, you know, a, a real object. Um, a talisman could be a protection tool. Uh, it could be a healing tool. It could be a tool that centers or helps you accumulate particular kind of energies. It could be um, a tool that enables you to, you know, reach your abundance or achieve your goals, attract love, etc., etc. So it's its own uh, form of magic. Um, you know, if we're talking about, um, the elven kingdom, um, uh, the elves are really, really connected to the magic of the trees. Um, uh, so very often they would, um, you know, they can teach you about working with herbs. They can teach you about, um, you know, ancient druidic magic, uh, which essentially did come from, uh, the elven kingdom anyhow, uh, which is like the healing through the, um, the energy of the trees, right? Uh, you know, they can teach you about the different, um, properties and different features of the different trees and you know how to best leverage that uh for your life um so that uh, those are the elves um fairies the fairy kingdom is very prominent it is one of uh like uh, of the people that have um elemental magic sorry not elemental magic elemental spirit guides is what i meant to say um fairies uh, are like a very very common type of entity that comes through they are really strong with crystals uh, so are the elves, by the way. They're also very strong with flower magic. So flower magic uh, is probably their number one preferred tool. Um, another thing that um, fairies have is the ability of foresight. So very often, you know, the fairies can guide you around um, both your remote as well as your, you know, pretty near future. Um, they're insightful like that, as well as they can heal your emotional body. So fairies are really good at emotional healing, um, which means that they can remove any type of trauma, broken heart. They're really good like that. Okay, those are the elementals. Then gods, goddesses, and deities is another type of spirit guide. For those of you that don't believe in gods and goddesses, you should. It's good for you. <laughs> Because once you believe in something, uh, that type of energy is able to come through to you and start assisting you. And oh my God, deities are powerhouses. You guys, powerhouses, no questions asked. Now, deities work with about maybe 6% to 7% of humanity. Uh, they are picky. That's why they're god, goddesses. Not every human is going to have a god or goddess. 
uh, volunteer to be their spirit guide. Um, God and goddesses, um, I mean, essentially, they're still souls, right? They're, they're um, consciousnesses, aspects of consciousness um, that uh, are connected to the earthly energies through a particular archetype that they lived in, right? Um, essentially, any pantheon can come through. Egyptian, Greek, Roman, Nordic, right? Um, uh, Sumerian, um, Russian, uh, uh, Mexican, like you name it. Um, uh, I, I meant like Mayan, obviously. Um, any of these pantheons and more can come through uh, in a form of the deity. Uh, you could, um, wh why do they come through? One thing you should understand uh, about gods, maybe more so than anything anyone else, is they have an agenda. Uh, deities are really, really strong beings uh, that have an agenda. That agenda generally doesn't, uh, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't die as they depart the physical plane of this existence. Um, which means that post their incarnation, a part of their consciousness still remains to complete the mission, whatever that mission is. Now, gods and deities are not perfect beings. They are not, uh, you know, divine mother, divine father type of perfected entities. So that means that they can be opinionated. They can be very in your face. Um, again, gods and goddesses, you know, they, they are kind of like the, the queen king type of um, archetype as well. So they're bossy they can order you around they don't take no for an answer they you know they you know they they don't they're not pushovers uh, but 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 they contain with them a very strong type of impulse and with gods and goddesses if they have selected you uh you know to guide that that means that you have a bigger role to play that means you have a bigger purpose uh, again deities don't just manage so to say don't just guide anyone so um if a goddess or a god comes through in your meditation as a spirit guide for you pay attention um you know um you should also probably study you know even not, i mean you can have a conversation with them if, if you're able to hear what they're saying uh but um either way you can read up on them later as well so i highly recommend i highly recommend whichever whichever um being comes through that you try to learn as much about them as possible um a, a relationship with your spirit guide is exactly what it is what it sounds like a relationship which means that it is not a one-way street it could be but those are not the best relationships um in fact i think it's a big big miss if only they know everything about you but you don't know anything about them because the more you know about them the more you understand their agenda the more you understand their perspective the more you understand why they're they could be suggesting certain things for you or why they could be pushing you or uh, inspiring you to go in a certain direction right so but, but not only that um say a goddess comes through right and you don't understand what her strong suits are, like what her talents are. How are you going to be able to ask her for assistance, right? You don't know what she's good at, right? So whatever God is, God comes through. I strongly encourage you to just like understand. You can you can Google like their special talents, like what they were known for, what, what their symbols were, like what their, you know, uh, what, you know, did they impart to humanity? What, 
uh, were they excited about, inspired about, like read up on the mythology of that God, because that would help you not only build a stronger relationship, but understand what that guide is coming from and understand how they can best help you. Very often with gods and goddesses, they contain a certain type of magic. And that magic is more universal instead of elemental. Um, Deities are generally more high vibrational beings. Uh, By that, I mean that they have access to um, the energies of the universe that are higher dimensional. Uh, That means that they have access to higher dimensional magic, um, as well as mysteries. Mysteries as in knowledge. Right. So they have, um, you know, knowledge that is beyond the plane of this uh, of this planet, which means that they could be exceptionally amazing teachers. Um, They could also because of their special talents um, and also, like I said, they're very concentrated energy. Um, Deities are very powerful. So if you need assistance with something and that God goddess is really, really good at that, they may choose to help you. And it could legitimately uh, from your vantage point from your point in the physical it may feel like a miracle just happened you know uh you know certain goddesses for instance are good at pr so to say right they're just you know they're always you know uh say when they they were incarnated they were known by everybody they could make um you know their uh protégés famous etc like if if that goddess or god is willing to work with you if it if it came through as your spirit guide um, and say becoming known or building out your, you know, your community, your business, your following is something that is important. They may actually help you. That is legitimate and it has happened before and it will happen again. Right. So I'm just saying, like, get to know your spirit guide, get to you can even ask them what, you know, what are they good at? <laughs> you know, if you don't know, you know, like, let's say it's your ancestor. Like, how do you know what they're good at? You don't unless you ask. Right. Because, uh, you know, there's not like a Wikipedia article on all of your ancestors, unfortunately, uh, like there may be on, on the gods of the Greek pantheon. So you're a little bit of disadvantage. So like have a conversation and we're going to get to hold on. I know I'm, I know I'm, I'm getting a lot of feedback from the collective like Maria, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Like, ask your guides like we don't even <laughs> we can't hear nothing like we're it's crickets like we're not no like where we're talking. Nobody's talking back. Hold on, we're going to get to you. We're going to get to you because I'm still on the types of spirit guides. We're going to talk about having a relationship with a spirit guide, what that means and how to get one, how to get one. And how can you start, you know, uh, getting assistance? We're getting there. Trust me. Trust me. I would never create an episode for you guys and leave you hanging. I am not interested in providing encyclopedic type information for you. uh, And then you don't know what to do with it. Uh, like, thank you. You know, there may be 3000 types of spirit guides. If I cannot connect to either of them, what is the point? And I completely agree. There is no point. Right. So I'm trying to make this as practical for you as possible. So I'll never leave you hanging. OK, so deities again, deity, a deity would select you um, if you somehow this incarnation fits into their overall mission, purpose, agenda or vibration. I'll give you an example. Say that. I don't know. Um, motherhood is like a big lesson for you to learn. And let's say that one of the great mother goddesses is Ishtar and say that she chose to guide you. Right. Uh, because she's the great mother goddess. And let's say your mission in life is, you know, elevating motherhood. You know, she may choose to curate you because it's, it's kind of like your your vibration is aligned as it relates to motherhood. Just giving you a quick example. 
doesn't mean that that is exactly how, you know, um, you know, what is true for you. So deities. Next one is angelic beings. Um, we're talking angels. We're talking archangels. We're talking, uh, seraphim, um, you know, and, you know, essentially any type of angel. Uh, on the one hand, on the one hand, um, there, there, you know, there's, there's a little bit of the confusion because, um, you know, you kind of perceive angelic beings as like, just like, you know, what differentiates an angel, like whoever has wings, you know, is kind of an angel (laughs) unless they're a bird. Right. Um, don't want to confuse you. Um, any, anyhow, uh, for for the purpose of this episode, we can think, uh, of angels. uh, I don't have to dispel any myths. You can think of them the way that you perceive them. It doesn't mean like angels, by the way, don't belong to Christianity. They don't belong to like one religion. They are not a religious group of beings. Um, Essentially, every soul spirit in a non-incarnated form could be construed to be an angel. So um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking the realm beyond the matrix, right? Could be thought of as the realm of soul. Um, a lot of beings... Uh, and essentially, in, in that realm of soul, what con- constitutes an angel or an archangel is, imagine that there is uh, the spiritual government, the spiritual hierarchy, um, and everybody who is part of that hierarchy is essentially working for source consciousness. Uh, and by working for, I mean they have like an administrative post, an administrative um, function, um, you know, angelic beings, for instance, um, you know, a lot of them are messengers. A lot of them work with the physical planes. A lot of them work uh, within the matrix, um, kind of like, um, you know, doing the, the the dirty work, so to say, uh, for the spiritual hierarchy, right? So that would be angels. Archangels are the ones that are managing them. Um, you know, and there are beings that are, you know, the, 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 there's like other beings in the hierarchy that are higher up. Either way, uh, because angels and archangels are here on the larger mission of propagating light, right? They are, you know, ensuring that essentially every being um, that exists is moving up the ladder of their own personal evolution, which, uh, you know, one way to look at evolution is expansion. One Another way to look at expansion is the ability for a being to um, absorb and contain light within their light body. Essentially, over time, as your soul evolves, um, you are able to absorb more and more light into your light bodies. As such, you ascend. As such, you uh, essentially move up the ladder, you expand, um, and um, you unlock bigger and better challenges for yourself. Um, angelic beings, as well as archangels, as well as, you know, essentially other beings from the spiritual hierarchy, uh, they're staying involved, they're staying ingrained in the plane, in this plane of existence, would come through as spirit guides. That is another spirit guide type that is quite uh, commonplace on planet Earth. Maybe not the archangels. The archangels are kind of like the deities in terms of like the um, level of strength, uh, momentum, and uh, just power that they hold. So they're a lot less frequent. There are a lot fewer of them. Um but, you know, they, they're still fairly, uh, they're, they're, they're prevalent, you know, they come. Um, uh, again, what are, you know, what can we say about the archangels uh, and angels? These types of spirit guides are always going to have a bias towards light. 
So these are not, I mean, all they're very patient and they're very tolerant, but they're not necessarily the beings that are going to be like, sure, go ahead and, you know, uh, indulge your vices or, you know, <laughs> like they're not, they're, 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 um, one thing we know about them is that they stand for light and they would guide you towards that as best they can, as fast as they can. Um, Angels are the ones that um, really uh, leave you a lot of messages. So um, if you have an angel spirit guide, chances are they've been sending you messages, all kinds of messages since you've been a little child, whether that those have been feathers, whether those have been, you know, certain like reflections um, on the water, uh, whether those have been like random symbols um, or like synchronicities, the 1111 on your clock or 111, you know, all of these things are kind of like messages from your guide. So that is how just um, angelic beings like to communicate. Um, one thing that's, you know, well, th there are many awesome things about being guided by angelic beings. Um, there are many benefits that they have. They can, um, they're really good at deep healing. Uh, because they come from uh, higher frequencies, they tend to be less biased than, let's say, deities. Uh, they're very obedient to source energy. And as such, they have unlimited access to the healing pools of the universe. So different uh, energy pools. They also work a lot with the energies of the flames, um, the uh, sacred flames. If you don't know what the sacred flames are. I think we made like eight episodes on Sacred Flames right at the beginning of this podcast. So just, you know, just be informed. Um, angelic beings are thus really, really good if, um, you know, you're going through, you know, any type, if you need any type of healing, uh, whether emotional, physical, mental, literally, they got it all. Like they can work on any of your bodies and, and, and they can do a beautiful job. Um, they're the ones actually that do a lot of work on your body regardless uh, in your sleep state. So angels do work a lot in dream state. Um, so that is something that, um, you know, is, is really good with them. Um, if you're depleted, if, if you experience fatigue, um, if you experience upset, you know, if you're anxious, depressed, or even like lighter forms of, of, of those feelings. If you get loneliness, they're really, really good for that. They're also amazing for comfort. Um, and they're really, really good um, companions. Angelic beings are amazing companions. Um, they're kind of like quiet. They're on the quieter side. They're very, they tend to be soft-spoken. I'm talking about angels. Archangels, uh-uh. Archangels have a lot of personality. Archangel Michael has a personality to last you 10,000 lifetimes. I'm just saying. He's also funny. And he's over the top. And, okay, don't, don't want to spoil too much because, yeah, he is rough, you guys, around the edges. Uh, love Michael. Um, you know, they're, they're different, you know, they have different personalities. Just be, just be prepared, right? Um, and, and so do, do the angels. It's just archangels had a lot more, maybe not time, but opportunities to accumulate more of a personality. And, and you know, depending on, on who you're talking to, uh, they can range from very funny to outrageous to uh, opinionated to loving and, and everything in between. Um, so it's not that angels are all like, perfect and cookie cutter. Um, if you think that all angels are, you haven't communicated with angelic realm enough, just saying. Um, okay, that's angels. Uh, ascended masters, 
Uh, Ascended Masters is another type. Uh, not fundamentally different from uh, angelic beings, to be honest. The only thing is they, ha- they have an, an earthly anchor in a way that archangels or angels do not. What I mean by that is Ascended Masters, and uh, hey, there are many, like, 3,000 definitions. Um, you know, Ascended Masters supposedly, uh, I hate this definition, by the way, but I'll tell you anyhow, um, supposedly are beings that at one point incarnated on Earth and ascended, uh, you know, off of or thanks to their Earthly experience. That is not strictly true. Uh, now, all Ascended Masters are beings that have incarnated on planet Earth, for sure. Does it mean that they have planet Earth to thank for their heightened level of awareness in the spirit realm for their heightened level of evolution absolutely freaking not um pretty much all ascended masters that i have come across have really incarnated on so many different planets and it's it's you know, it's not like planet earth made them special anyhow but all of ascended masters that are going to come through as ascended masters that, that you would know are ingrained and grossed and very deeply tied to this plane of existence this planet the solar system they care because they care they curate certain people they can move the needle and make a difference enough of you listening to this podcast are going to have an ascended master as your spirit guide i'm just saying just a quick scan just saying examples of ascended masters uh, master saint germain lord sananda lord lanto lady nada just google them if you don't know them uh, Mother Mary, you know, you name it. Um, extraterrestrials. Uh, extraterrestrials is another type. There could be many, you know. Uh, there are many races out there. Uh, you could be curated by one of the extraterrestrial groups. Uh, many reasons for that. It could be that your higher self is really engrossed and ingrained in one of these extraterrestrial groups. It could be that your current DNA is connected to an extraterrestrial group. So like another planet, right? Uh, if you're a starseed, uh, you could have a few uh, extraterrestrials um, as your guides. Um, there could be other reasons. It could be that your personal mission is somehow connected to the mission of a particular extraterrestrial group, or somehow they singled you out and you got a spirit guide. One thing not very well known Not all spirit guides get assigned to you at birth. The majority does, but there is a way, there is a loophole that if you are, you know, becoming interesting to a particular group or a particular individual, please take the word individual with a grain of salt. I use it very loosely. Um, You know, they may choose to become your spirit guide. Sometimes your spirit guides come through. If you... um, uh, if you complete a particular milestone, um, for example, uh, let's say that you have a contract with one of your spirit guides that says, okay, like if by age 35 or by age 30 or by age 12, whatever you complete X, Y, or Z, I'm going to come into your life. Um, sometimes uh, the reason I'm telling you this is like, you may start off having three guides by the end of your incarnation, you may have 17 because like a bunch of them materialized, right? Or let's say you started, I don't know, you had an awakening and you started doing channelings from Pleiadians. Uh, it, it, chances are, because you're interacting with the consciousness a lot, uh, they may choose to start curating you as a soul. Um, 
there are others, but these are some of the more important ones. Maybe I'll name one more. Um, they don't necessarily belong either to the Ascended Masters of the Angelic Realm. Uh, but there is like a group of, I almost want to call them like dead famous people. <laughs> I don't know how else to call them. Um, any dead famous person could be a spirit guide. Whether that's Mother Teresa, uh, I don't know, Napoleon, Alexander the Great. Uh, I don't know. The world's your oyster. Uh, anybody could be a spirit guide who's a famous person. The reason being they're famous, uh, chances are, like, that means that their egregore is still alive and well. Um, that person, uh, that famous person may have had an agenda or, you know, just a point of view. And it is possible that that, that consciousness is curating you. So it is possible that you would have, you would meet like, um, some famous people from the past. Um, they're not necessarily, I mean, Yes, they have an Ascended Master associated with them, enough of them, but they may come as like a particular um, figure from the past, like a Merlin, for instance, or King Arthur or something, right? Um, there's no Ascended Master that's called King Arthur, uh, but it is uh, an incarnation of one of the Ascended Masters. Uh, do you know what I mean? Okay, uh, there are others. Um, like I said, another type of spirit guide, but it is so, so rare, is Source itself. Source itself whether that is a great divine mother source or the great divine father source could curate individuals. It is possible. It has happened on earth. That is far and in between, um, especially the relationship that is being um, kind of like propagated by source energy itself. Um, if that happens, that means that you are either on a planetary mission or whatever the agenda of source is for planet earth your personal mission is tight intertwined with it kind of like the, the the double helix of the dna it's a symbiotic relationship right um in that particular case you could be curated by source energy which is not to say that you guys if you're not curated by source energy you don't have access to it every being that has ever existed is a byproduct of source energy and not just a byproduct but it is part source energy, which means that you always have access to the whole, um, to the whole wholeness of that aspect. But it doesn't mean that you're being personally curated by that great consciousness. Just saying. Okay. I felt like I just gave you an encyclopedia Britannica on spirit guides. Uh, I hope this wasn't boring. Okay, cool. Uh, let's talk about other cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not like this wasn't cool. Uh, I don't know. I'm into spirit guides. I don't know if you guys are not. If if not, I want to change that. I think we can change that. Anyhow, um, let's talk about uh, like communicating with spirit guides. Um, I want a tangent about how you're supposed to have a relationship. Mind you guys, like, okay, if you start communicating, not if, but when, you start communicating with spirit guides, you're going to notice that your spirit guides are like freaking your best friends. I kid you not. Like, they are like better than your best friends because they're always there. Like whether you're in the shower or you know, in depression, it doesn't really matter. They're still there. That, that's pretty like, that's a nice perk. Um, they all have personalities that are pretty distinct. Um, if you are uh, being, um, you know, a soul, a person that can, um, you know, comprehend, uh, has clear audience essentially, uh, is able to comprehend voices. They all have different voices. 
Um, they definitely have different vibrations. Like I said, they have different skill sets. Um, your relationship with the spirit guide is only as good as like, kind of like you, you get out what you put in. You reap what you sow. Yes, they will help you either way. But the more you kind of like invest in getting to know them, asking them for assistance, the better it is. Ta-da! And that is how we got to the number one most important part about spirit guides. Can you just say that? Okay. If you don't remember anything else from this episode, but remember one thing. Can I get the drum roll, please? It is a free will-based universe. You guys, here is the point. Unless you ask for assistance, your spirit guides cannot help you. They cannot help you. Or they can only marginally help you. Let me repeat myself. This is a free will-based universe. Your guides cannot impose their help on you. That is going to go against the number one law of this time-space reality. So if they see you drowning or struggling or literally in depression or messing up the most important relationship in your life or trying to quit the job that you're meant to stay on for the rest of your days or not taking a chance on, I don't know, marrying the person that you're meant to be, any, any of those like pivotal moments, your guides may be watching on the other side and like huge, big face palm and they may be frustrated. But if you're not asking them for their help, they're not in a position to help you because again, it is against the law. They don't break the rules. The good guys never break the rules. It's just the fact of life. So A, if you want to optimize your relationship with your guides, ask. Start by asking. How do you ask? Through prayer, through journaling, through talking out loud or in your head, communicating and asking. There is no wrong way to ask for assistance. Ask for something specific. Don't ask for like general wishy-washy things. You say, they say, be careful what you wish for, but wish for something specific for God's sake, you know, right? Be as specific as you can, you know, the the more specific you can be, the better your guides are able to help you, right? That's that. Cool. Glad we got this out of the way. Let's talk about talking. Let's talk about talking, huh? Um, let's talk about communicating with spirit guides, shall we? There is a reason why only 2% of humanity is partaking in this amazing wonder uh, and is benefiting from their spiritual team of cheerleaders. Why? Few reasons. A, enough people don't even know that that exists. It's not something that you should school. But that is not the only reason. If 100% of humanity today found out about this information, learned everything there is to learn about spirit guides, and by the way, believed that that is real, because believing and faith and belief is the number one prerequisite to the magic in your life. If you don't believe that something is real, it ain't going to work for you. I hate to say this. Faith really unlocks magic, the realm of magic of the planet Earth right? If you don't have faith, if you don't believe that your spirit guides are real or that they can help you, they can't. They essentially are powerless. Why? Because it's a free will based universe. I hate to sound like a broken record. You cut out their power and their ability to help you completely by saying, I don't believe in them. 
well, I don't believe in that they exist or that this is real, right? But okay, going back to my original point. If 100% of humanity learned that the guides are real, if they believed that they can be held by the guides, they would still, the majority of humanity would still not be able to get help by the guides, get assistance from the guides in the way that it is possible. Why shall you ask me? Few reasons. As always, like the issue is like, it's layered, you guys, it's layered. It is like a big, 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 tall layered cake. I wish there was like a silver bullet, but as always, there's a bunch of lead bullets. One thing that's super important. Let's start from the top. All of your spirit guides that are assigned to you, right? I'm not just talking. Okay. So there are spirits that could be communicating to you and there are spirit guides. That is not the same thing. A spirit guide is a sacred contract that is governed by the rules of light. As in any spirit guide that is committing to serve you is doing just that. They are serving you. They're not ordering you around. They're not trying to lead you off the path. You know, they are a benevolent being. And they come from a place of love and loving, um, love, compassion, and guidance, right? Not their own personal agenda, despite having a bias, right? If you have open communication and open centers, but you're not protected, and we can talk about protection in another episode, potentially, because it's, it's a deep topic. I don't have time to get into it today. Chances are you could be communicated to by other guides that may not be benevolent beings. However, all of your spirit guides that have a sacred contract to serve you are benevolent beings, and they are here to make your life better, not worse. Uh, But where I was going with this is because they're benevolent beings, what they're doing is they're communicating to you in a particular frequency, and that frequency is love. We talk about love sometime. Love is a state and love is a frequency. Love is not a feeling, you guys. Um, uh, I like to say that. So imagine, imagine that you have a radio in your house, and that radio can receive a particular ray, a range of sounds, right? So all these radio stations. There is only one frequency at which all of your spirit guides are going to be broadcasting. One frequency. Whether that is your ancestor talking, whether that is your animal guide, animal spirit guide, whether that is your extraterrestrial, whether that is source consciousness, angel, you name it. They all are broadcasting on a radio station called love, a particular frequency and a particular state. Why? Because that is the only frequency, the only state that they have available to them. Essentially, there are two states. Love and no, not hate. Hate is not the other state. There is love and then there is the absence of love. In the absence of love, you have a full range of emotions. You have fear, you have frustration, you have jealousy, you have envy. Um, you have anger, you know, rage, a bunch, right? Neither of those are your spirit guides. So here's the deal. If all of, an, uh, all of the guide, spirit guide communication happens at the frequency of the state of love and 
you are not able to receive the frequency of the state of love properly or you're not able to receive it just to the best degree or to the best of your ability then you're not going to be able to receive the communication from spirit period full stop drop the mic ta-da that is how i diagnosed a lot of the reasons why you guys are not able to receive communication from spirit not only that but your radio is also broken so we need two, two things to communicate with spirit. First, you need a working radio. Second, you need to be able to receive the frequency of love. If either of these are not met, you can pray <laughs> till you're blue in the face and you're not going to hear anything back. I'm just saying. Now, you may still get assistance to some degree, but it's not going to be a relationship with a guide as if a relationship with a human being. Like a good relationship, a good healthy relationship with a guide is where it's funny. They crack you up. They know all of your peculiarities. They're, you know, it's it's like a continuation of a relationship. It's 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 like you would you would talk to your best friend. Like they but but also they know everything about you and they hold um you know, hold you in high regard and they see you as the best version of yourself. Imagine like having that type of friend. That is like a true um, relationship with a spirit guide. But you need to meet the two prerequisites first. You need to have a working radio, transmission device, and you need to be able to receive a particular frequency. Humanity is not really good at receiving the frequency of love. Many reasons. Let's start with the fact that humanity is not really good at even the most basic form of love, which is self-love. Hello, inner critic. Hello, all the things you hate about yourself. Hello, all the ways that you think you're not good enough, not cool enough, imperfect, and uh, all, all the energies of comparison yourself to others. You know, all of those fall into the bucket and limit your ability to receive the frequency of love. However, in order, but it's not just that, right? If you're not able to receive the frequency of love, obviously you're not able to give the frequency of love. It is just two sides of the same coin, right? So in order for you to optimize your chances to communicate with your guides, you need to work on the receptivity center of your heart. Because that is kind of like, um, you know, your tuning mechanism is your heart. The heart, you know, it is a receptacle. And it determines what kind of frequencies, what kind of states you can receive for processing and give away, right? So it kind of like, it um, determines your range, right? Now, I'm not, like the love that we're talking about is like high dimensional, high frequency cosmic love. My dear friend, please pardon this quick interruption. If you like our podcast, we ask that you please help us spread the light by leaving a review on Apple Podcast so that more people could discover our content. Thank you so much, blessed soul. Even if you feel like you're capable of love, are you capable of cosmic love, right? Because we're not talking the low vibrations of love. We're talking cosmic love, which raises the bar because even within the frequency of love, I know there are the frequencies that are like lower dimensional and, and diluted and polluted. And then there are the higher dimensional, you know, 
To be able to freely communicate with spirit guides, you need to be higher dimensional uh, and be able to receive higher dimensional love, which also means you need to raise your vibrations. I'm not saying, right, that if you give up meat and alcohol, that you would automatically be able to hear your spirit guides. But I'm saying that it will optimize your chances because that, you know, starts, you know, enables a process of uh, detoxification for your body. Like you stop polluting your body. So your body doesn't have to deal with any immediate threats. And so it can start like the the, the spring cleaning work that it so drastically desires. Anyhow, um, I want to give you like a quick, 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 quick um, exercise on how you guys are going to be able to start receiving the frequency of love. Um, I want you to close your eyes uh, and get really centered with a few deep breaths. And I want you to focus on your heart center. And I want you to imagine that your heart center is emanating the most beautiful, brilliant emerald light. And I want you, as you're breathing in and out, in and out, I want you to imagine that your heart is so saturated that with this beautiful emerald light that it starts to emanate it in all directions, in 360 directions, um, like you know, degrees essentially. And as you're breathing on the out breath, right, you feel your heart center expand. And also you can imagine it as a rotating sphere, right? Like imagine that your heart is a rotating sphere of beautiful emerald energies. And as it's rotating, it's increasing its spin. It's increasing its vibrations. So it's starting to vibrate at a very, very, very high frequency. And then I want you to imagine that outside of your body, uh, there is light, you know, and obviously light is transparent, but imagine that the light that is around you is going through a prism and as such, it turns into all the colors of the rainbow. So imagine that all around you, there's all these colors of the rainbow that are floating in and out, in and out. And, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, it's, um, this is just energy, right? You know, the energy is always there. Um, and imagine that as your heart is giving away all of these beautiful emerald green vibrations, vibrations of true love, now it's ready to receive a particular frequency. And the frequency that it is able to receive is twofold. It's able to take back the grill green emerald energies and the soft pink energies from, you know, essentially... Uh, ether from your surroundings, right? So imagine now that your heart is starting to receive, it's like a receptacle. And from all of these directions, from the 360 directions, from, from you know each degree, each angle, it starts to receive pink and green rays. And those rays start pouring into your heart. And as it happens, you know, these rays start penetrating your heart and then they start getting distributed through your blood vessels, throughout your whole body. And these energies are becoming very native to you. You know, they're becoming very native and they're becoming very common and very easy for you to understand, right? So that's the first exercise that I want you to do, right? So getting really comfortable with the energies of emerald and soft pink, kind of like the energies of the pink quartz. 
you know, is, is uh, or the rose quartz, um, is, is, is what you want to get used to um, accepting into your body, right? So it's getting comfortable, at least with the color vibration of the love spectrum. Uh, that's step one. Remember how I told you that being able to receive the frequency of love is, 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 is like um, one of the prerequisites. And the second prerequisite is to having a working radio. For most, of spirit, for most spirit communication, and again, sometimes like I, I catch myself saying something that is an overgeneralization and I realize that for me to be able to explain to you all the intricacies of how the energy works, I'm going to need another six hours and then I stop myself because I don't essentially don't have six hours and neither do you for that matter. You probably have other things to do with your life. Anyhow, uh, the device that I was talking about is your crown center. So let's focus on the most important thing. Like it's almost like let's let, let's take care of the pink elephant in the room and the rest is hopefully going to take care of itself or maybe we'll, we'll take care of it in, in other episodes. Um, the reason I'm so, so, you know, I'm going on this tangent right now is your crown center is not your only way to get guidance. There are other centers that you can get guidance. You can even get guidance in your gut center from certain types of spirit guides. Your animal guides and your ancestor guides, as well as your elemental guides, can send information through lower centers. By lower, I mean uh, solar plexus and below, right? However, if we're talking deities, angelic beings, extraterrestrials, um, source, uh, that ain't gonna happen. Those beings, like the lowest, lowest of low they can go is a heart space. And even that is not gonna be able to take in the fullness of what they are. So if you think about your chakral centers, right? Your chakras get progressively less sophisticated as you go down. Right, so your most sophisticated chakra is your crown. Least, your least sophisticated chakra is uh, your root center. In terms of the kinds of vibration, the frequencies that it can accept, right? If you're talking to a very high vibrational being, such as I don't know, uh, an ascended master, but you're only able to receive for your heart space, ninety percent of the communication of that being is not going to be received by you because yes, they can transmit through the heart space, but they need your higher centers activated as well because they are transmitting through all of the higher chakras as well. Either way, if we work on your crown, that's going to take care of the bulk of the problem. As I was starting this episode, what I didn't expect is that is the number one thing that's blocked in humanity that is going to prevent you and that is already preventing you from working with your guides. I was actually worried that it was going to be your inability to receive the frequency of love, right? So if you cannot receive the frequency of love and the beings on the other side can only communicate on that frequency, right? Essentially, you cannot meet at the radio station that is a designated meeting point. But that is not the case. That is actually not the problem that humanity is dealing with. That is the lesser problem. The bigger problem is your radio is fried. <laughs> What's not, oh, okay, fine. It's not fried. It's it's a little bit, if not a lot, broken. Here's what I'm seeing on the um, on the energetic level. Imagine that your crown center. By the way, for those of you that don't know, uh, no judgment. The crown center, your crown chakra, is your seventh chakra. It is located at the top of your head, and I see it as the white light. It's kind of like a white crown on your head. 
from that white crown, you know, the white crown has points. Uh, how are many points? Depends on the human. You can have three points, you have five points, you have seven points, you have 12 points, you have 24 points, you have 36 points. I think that's about it. Um, on this plane, right? Then, essentially, what happens with that crown is, imagine that every point is emanating light, right? Every point of the crown is illuminated. And as such, it creates like a pillar of light that goes essentially from your head into the heavens. That is the most important highway that you could have in, if you're trying to communicate with spirit. For the people that are communicating with spirit, this highway is constantly lit up. Um, so it lights up with this etheric, beautiful white light. Anytime the communication goes through, the communication can go both ways. So it lights up as you telepathically talk to your guides or not telepathically. It can be out loud. It can be prayer format, whatever. And it lights up when you're receiving that communication. So whenever there's traffic, either way, whether out, upside down, downside up, that pillar of light gets eliminated. That is not what I'm seeing with 98% of humanity. What I'm seeing with 98% of humanity is that pillar is clogged. And so there is like essentially a few feet of like clogged material. I don't even know like some schmuck that just exists in that pillar of light. I don't even know what it is. Uh, to be honest, I think it's like, honestly, it's unique to each human, right? it's clogged it's blocked it's almost like it's corked you know like you guys know the cork inside of like a champagne bottle nothing can come through unless you uncork it it's like kind of the same thing like your pillar of light is corked which makes your radio it re renders your like receptacles essentially uh, uh, emo uh like uh, um, useless it's not working so here's what what, what we're gonna do imagine Oh, this is so cool. Okay, 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 okay. Imagine that there is a concept of heavenly acid. Bear with me for this analogy because it's so cool. I just came up with it and it's going to totally work. Okay, heavenly acid is essentially what it sounds like. It's acid, but it's high vibrational. Um, imagine that, you know, again, there is a pillar, right? I hope you guys, I hope you close your eyes, right? <laughs> get into the zone, you know, uh, get into the zone, start breathing, get rid of internal dialogue, you know, do all the good stuff. Um, and now, now imagine that um, there is a stream of heavenly acid um, that is pouring inside of this pillar of light that is clogged right now with all types of toxins, I guess, for lack of a better word, it's just blocked. And um, so this acid comes directly from source. That's why I call it heavenly. And it's high vibrational acid. Essentially acid, although a liquid, it has the properties of fire energies. It's like high level fire energies that are here that exist in the universe in order to cleanse any impurities. So this is exactly what it is. This is exactly this kind of energy. So imagine that liquid being deposited right on top of the block that prevents you from getting communication. And 
imagine the acid getting to work like it literally dissolves any and all of the impurities the debris the schmuck like all of these toxins that are blocking your highway all of these toxins that are blocking your pillar of light that is meant to be essentially your 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 communication tool and allow it to work here if you don't feel like there is enough acid pour some more there is no shortage of heavenly acid know that this acid is extremely powerful it is like spiritual dynamite i don't know how else to tell you uh, and then it just like really penetrates and really cleanses all of this dirt that you don't need. And then essentially, and it drips down. And then don't worry, like, yeah, it could drip on your head, but it's not going to do anything, right? So like, you can also like, if you're worried about having acid in your, in your zone, in your auric field, you can always flush it out with water. There is no wrong way of doing it. And so just clean it up. Clean it up. Make sure that there's no remnant or residue or anything that, you know, is not supposed to be there. All right. When that is said and done, right, again, flush it out with water. Make sure it's clean, squeaky clean, right, transparent. And then imagine that um, there is someone or something like a being that's trying to communicate something over to you. And that being is upstairs, kind of like up top. And as they're communicating something to you telepathically or otherwise, see that as a stream of white light that goes through that pillar and essentially plants itself straight into the crown of your head. Again, like I said, there is a crown with, with points. And it can be received by all points at the same time or one of the points in particular. You know, so like, again, like your radio is... Uh, by the radio, I mean your crown chakra, is a very sophisticated tool, is a very sophisticated device, right? So how it receives and gives off information is going to be very different depending on what caliber of the radio you have earned through all of your incarnations. And so sometimes, you know, they essentially operate differently. Allow yours to operate the way it, it you know, it wants to operate naturally, right? And so essentially practice sending communication upstream, right? Like telepathically. Imagine talking to that being upstairs. And then imagine receiving that communication back from them, right? And then again, practice makes perfect. So you may want to, you know, practice um, strengthening that channel. Uh, so talk to your guides, even if you cannot hear them. Talk to them. Again, prayer or just a conversation. Tell them how your day went. Tell them what you're struggling with. Ask them for assistance with specific things. All of that is going to help cleanse and, and establish movement, establish uh, life, essentially, in, in your crown center, right? And then uh, imagine receiving the answer back. Even if you can't hear anything, imagine receiving the answer back. Another thing that could help you that could help you with this as you're working through this is automatic write automatic writing. Automatic writing is a practice that I think I've told you about maybe four times. But I'll tell you again. Because why? Because I can. Automatic automatic writing is a, a practice that is going to work in about 75% of you. Um, maybe even more. 75 to 80. 80. You take out a journal or a piece of paper. You write down your question on a piece of paper. Then you write the word answer, colon. And allow your hand to write the answer down. Allow it to write it down. 
that answer is going to be divinely guided by your by your guides your body is wise like that that answer is not going to come from your subconscious or if it does so be it and then that is what your guides wanted you to hear just trust the process this is called automatic writing it works if you cannot hear the actual messages from your guides you can write it down and it's going to be fine okay i want to take a question from the collective uh anything that you wanted to know about spirit guides i know there's been a lot of dense information today anything that is going to serve the collective i'm here to hear it about spirit guides or communicating with them come forward oh great question thank you thank you so much for reminding me i completely forgot okay uh the question is how do i know how many guides i have and how do i know what they are great question it's a diagnostic thank you for reminding me um okay uh, let me think uh, how we're going to do this. How we're going to do this. Okay. Imagine you are in a garden. Beautiful garden. Very pristine. Green. It's broad daylight. Um, and you're really loving it. You're really loving the whole situation. You feel really, really comfortable. And then there is um, like a place within that garden. It's like a special place. It's your special place that you know you have designated at one point uh, to be able to communicate with the guides. This garden is your own place. It's 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 kind of like um, each each of the souls has its own place in uh, the vast confines of the universe um, that belongs to it wholly, right? So this garden is yours and it is fully protected. Um, it has been fully protected by the energies of your higher self, by the energies of source, God, absolute, however you want to call it. And this is your special place. And when your guides created a contract with you, you have agreed that this is going to be a special meeting place. And so you walk into this garden and, you know, you kind of like walk around and you feel the the wind on your skin and you kind of like feel um the feet and the grass and kind of like your feet touching the grass and like you feel the so feel the soil right and it's like a fully immersive experience uh and then you come onto a clearing right um and this clearing is lit up from um from the heavens it's almost like there is uh, a projector that's shining straight from the heavens down um, on the patch of grass. And it creates like a, a, a shape that is circular. Uh, and it's almost, and it's like really interesting because it's broad daylight, but you still feel and still see how a patch of grass is being lit up from upstairs, from, um, you know, almost like being, um, it, it's being lit up. And this place is a portal this is a portal and this is a portal through which your guides can come through now take some time you can grab a seat in that garden and you want to ask your guides to descend through that portal one by one by one and show themselves however many there are right so first you want to ask your first guide to come through. 
And the way it's going to feel, it's going to feel like something, some being is literally dropping from the heavens straight into the middle of the circle that is lit up from, you know, by this projector of light. And, you know, give a couple of seconds to this being to adjust, you know. Um, if you have your, you know, third eye open and activated, you will be able to see exactly what being that is. If you don't have your third eye activated, let's do a really, really quick practice. So if you're worried that your third eye is not showing you the right things, imagine that there is a window in the middle of your forehead and it is purple. Like literally in your third eye area, imagine it's a window, actually not an eye. Um, if you experience issues with your third eye, if it's not open, if it's not activated, your window is either going to be closed down or it's just going to be very dirty. So you want to take, I don't know, a piece of cloth and like wash it, wash that window. And you want to keep washing it until all the dirt and debris comes off of it. Uh, if uh, sometimes like for some people it's boarded up like that window is boarded up so you want to remove all the boards and all the things that don't belong there right and you want to pop it open um once that feels good right once, once that window is clean it's gonna like really start shining in the most beautiful like purple it's gonna start emanating purple light you're done when that happens you're gonna be able to start like this is gonna be your best the best way that you're gonna be able to see your guides Right? But even if you don't see them, hey, it's fine. Even if you see them as something fuzzy around the edges or whatnot, uh, you would still be able to feel them. So however the information of the being is able to come through, just receive it. Whether that is a feeling inside, whether that is a message in the word or just a knowing that comes through, whether that is a visual, whether that is an actual image of what that guide looks like. And then you can start asking questions, you know, ask it for its name. You know, you can ask uh, the guide what type of guide it is. Is it an extraterrestrial? Is it like an angel? You know, you, you know, basically, uh, ancestor, a any of the types that we have discussed earlier. If you cannot hear anything, you can open your eyes and do the automated writing with a Q&A session. Literally, you can use the power of automated writing to get the information about your spirit guides. You can ask the guide questions. You can ask the guide, you know, what are its special talents. You can even ask the guide how it has helped you in the past and how it intends to help you in the future. You can ask the guide about any specificities uh, uh, or peculiarities around your sacred contract with them. Like, why did they sign up? What are they here to do? What is it, you know, what is the purpose of the guide? And how does your incarnation fit into that purpose? I mean, the world's your oyster. And you start going to start uh, getting the sense of the personality of the guide. Some of them are going to start making jokes right away. You know, you can ask them, you know, is, is this the first incarnation that they've guided you? Or maybe like they're part of your soul family. Like you can find out so much. It's so much fun, you guys. Once you're done with the one guide, invite the second guide in let the universe know that you're ready to receive your second guide and so the second guide is going to portal right into that same place and then you keep going and you keep going until you know nothing else and nobody else portals and that's how you know that this is the answer there for some of you they're just going to keep portaling you're just going to be the lucky ones uh, like the one percent of humanity with a very large number of guys 
you can split that into as many sessions as you want. Or if you're tired of meeting your guides, that's cool too. Who am I to judge? You know, like if enough is enough. The good news is the ones that are most active are going to come through right away. So it's not like your most important guide is going to be like number 77 and your least important guide is going to show up at first. Like, no, that's just not how cosmic hierarchy works. So you're safe and you're fine. And by the way, whoever asked this question, thank you. You're a genius. Uh, on behalf of, of, of humanity and all spirit guides, I thank you for this question. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm ready to take one last question about spirit guides, anything else that wasn't clear. Uh, and then we're going to wrap up. Uh, whatever's going to serve humanity, come through, please. Okay. Uh, the question is, I really want <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh. Um, the little girl came through and she's like, I really want to work with Aphrodite. How do I make it happen? <laughs> That's cute. Uh, I'm going to pass on to Aphrodite that you really want to work with her. Um, here's the thing with deities, you guys. Uh and with spirit guides, for the most part, they select you, you don't select them. And especially with deities. Deities are fickle. Uh, deities are, you know, a little bit opinionated and they hold themselves in high regard. Uh, so it's a little bit, it's a little bit like they, you know, you have to catch their attention. Now, if you truly, truly, truly feel like you're worthy of the attention of a particular deity, it could be a particular extraterrestrial group. Like, okay, like we can expand from here. Like it could be a particular archangel. It could be anything. One thing I will tell you is like, let's do it the old school way. What do I mean by the old school way? Let's refer to the good old mysteries. The time before religion, you know, where, you know, with all these kind of like old school secret societies and like what we used to call, like what we would like to call the wisdom of the ancestors that were divinely guided and they were divinely guided by extraterrestrials and by higher dimensional beings. Um, the one thing that still works, you know, up to today is the offering. If you are really excited about working with a particular guide or a particular being, or if you have questions for it, requests, the best way to connect is through an offering. So find out what that deity or what that extraterrestrial or what that being likes, find out all about them, and then make something special that is for them. And through that, have an invocation, have like an, um, you know, with the offering, state your intention that you would like to work with them. Now, whether that offering is going to be accepted or not, whether they would want to work with you or not, I could not tell you. Uh, however, this is the best you can do as a human. By the way, nobody needs a blood sacrifice. I'm just saying. If you guys think that your deity needs a blood sacrifice, you're reading the wrong material. I'm telling you. Like, they don't. When I, when I mean offering, it's like something that you made. Or like, I don't know, Aphrodite, for instance, is in love with roses and ro rose essential oil. And she like she she's essentially the water goddess. Aphrodite Venus the same the same deity, right? So she likes shells, she likes pearls, she likes uh, roses. Um, you know, she also um uh she likes birds. So you you may want to want to you may want to want to uh yeah, English is hard today. Uh, you may want to read up on the symbols for that particular goddess or for that particular, you know, extraterrestrial group. Again, get to know them and give them a gift as if you would like a friend, you know. Uh, it, it's personal. It's a personal relationship, right? Um, and so, you know, if they notice you, and by the way, also state your reason why you think uh, they're the perfect guide for you or why you would like to work with them, right? If you're convincing... 
By the way, the offering is one of those things. Once a human makes an offering, the, the God or whoever on the other side is bound to hear them out. You don't know that, but it is how the universe works. I'm just going to let you know. The, the, the God, the deity, the being doesn't have to listen to you unless you make an offering. The offering doesn't guarantee that, you, that the answer is going to be affirmative, but it guarantees that it's going to be heard. I'm just saying. I just gave you a hack. <laughs> I gave you a great, very well forgotten hack. All right. Well, thanks so much. I hope this was fun for you. This was certainly fun for me. I love talking about spirit guides. Uh, yeah, because they're fun. Uh, but also, they hold so much untapped potential within them. Um, and I wish, I wish, I wish humanity starts leveraging that potential. We would see a lot more people that are happy. We would see a lot more people that are fulfilled. We would see a lot more people that are living their best life, that are living their truth, that are completing their missions on this earth successfully. If you guys were to only leverage the power of spirit guides, it is with much love, um, and with the intention for the greater good that I'm, you know, doing this episode. And I do hope that you choose to meet your spirit guides if you haven't. And you choose to work with them starting today. Alrighty, you guys, I'll talk to you soon and have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please visit thisismaria.com for more insights and offerings from Maria and Sergey. It is T H I S I S M A R I Y A.com. We hope to see you in future episodes.